Alright, kitty cats, I am here today with a special bonus update from our good friend. He is the founder and CEO of Donorcy. I'm pleased, as always, to speak with Gret Glyer. Gret, are you ready to roar? Yeah, I'm ready. And this is the first time I've heard the kitty cat intro. Is that a <laughs> reference to Tiger King by chance? Uh, not specifically, although we did uh, recently put out a uh, Tigers of Liberty parody t-shirt. Parody <laughs> of Tiger King, so okay. I encourage everyone to go to Lions. I should check that out. Yes, LionsofLiberty.store <laughs> to check that out. Uh, but this wasn't supposed to be about promoting just our products. We're, we're, we're trying to promote what you guys have been doing, the great work you guys are doing over at Donor C, specifically with all the projects you've had coming up in the last few months to help people who are affected uh, around the world by coronavirus, uh, ostensibly but really by the lockdowns and the government response to coronavirus. And uh, I think when we first started talking about this a couple months ago, when we first partnered with you guys, uh, uh, we are contributing about 10, or not about 10% of our, our Patreon earnings to projects, to fund these projects that you guys are doing uh, to help people infa- impacted by the lockdowns. But when you first came on a couple months ago to talk about this, uh, we were talking kind of theoretically. We were talking about how, how lockdowns might affect the third world if these things continue. Uh, but now we're beyond the theory and we're at the point where these lockdowns are affecting the third world. These lockdowns are starving people. And you've been really vocal and really active uh, in the last few weeks here about ending the lockdowns, specifically in third world countries. Can you, can you just speak a bit on what's been going on these last few months and how, while lockdowns anywhere are harmful to people, uh, really in these third world countries, they're really hitting, hitting these people a lot harder than they might be here uh, you know, in the United States or a lot of other places? Yeah. So there was a brief moment, um, one or two, I'd say about two months ago, where Donorcy as an organization, we were preparing for the effect that COVID-19 would specifically have on these countries. We thought this is going to overwhelm the healthcare system. Um, it's just there's people with underlying, like a lot more people with underlying conditions who are going to be hit by this. And so we actually partnered with one of the only COVID-19 clinics in all of Liberia. That was one of the initiatives that we had. As time went on, uh, the clinics were not anywhere near full capacity and people were the COVID-19 was not having the impact that people thought it would. Um, and as, as you know, like, you know, in, in New York and in Lombardy, Italy, like it's crazy, but in lots of other places, it's just, it's just not as big of a deal. Right. That seems to have been the case in a lot of these uh, countries in sub-Saharan Africa. Despite that, a lot of these countries have put their citizens on lockdown. And again, about two months ago, there was a moment where I thought, you know, like, I'm not sure what the right thing to do is here, but maybe we should try something like that. It became very, it's, it's been clear for at least a month now that that was a terrible, that, that that was not a good decision. It was a mistake. It shouldn't have been happening. But there's countries that are still on lockdown right now, and it's devastating it's crushing the global poor. So just to put things in perspective, like in America, when you put people on lockdown, they miss a few paychecks and it's tough. And, but you would think that eventually over a few years, they can financially recover. Um, In a place like Sierra Leone or Liberia or Uganda, places that are all on lockdown in a place like that, uh, what you're doing is you're putting day wage earners on lockdown. You're putting people who make enough, only enough money to survive for a single day You're locking them inside their houses for weeks at a time. When you do that to people, they starve. And journalists are not able to cover it because of the lockdowns in the countries. And there's all sorts of crazy stories. So like in Sierra Leone, for example, their lockdown means means that they can't go outside of the zone that they're in, like the zip code that they're in, um, to use an analogy that we understand. So if you live in one zip code and the malnutrition clinic that you need to go to because you're starving is in another zip code, you literally can't go to the malnutrition clinic to save your own life. And uh, one of the malnutrition clinics that we work with in Sierra Leone, for the first time since we started working with them um, for, for several years now, for the first time we're having repeat patients. So people who 
are malnourished, they get they go to the malnourishment clinic, they get treated, they get um, the calories that they need, they're released. And then a week later, they come back because they're just, there's not food, there's not the resources that they need to survive. One of them, uh, one of the patients uh, sadly died last week. And this is just, I mean, it's really just like that, that I feel it's almost strange to be like, oh, this one person died because that's, this is, it's, it's a bigger, it's a much bigger problem than people have any idea about right now. Like like you said, especially in these third world countries, I mean, we're seeing all the problems of locking down uh, in the United States just with like record unemployment and that sort of thing. But people aren't necessarily starving en masse. Like there's still ways to get food in the United States. There's still a way to get by in first world countries. But in a place like you mentioned, like in Sierra Leone, if you suddenly can't even travel maybe even a few miles away just to get what you need, I mean, the impacts are so much greater. Why do you think these the, the political leaders in these third world countries, do you think that they just feel like they are maybe afraid of, of the virus or they, they're afraid of what happens if they don't act and they only have one tool at their disposal and that's to use force? So, I mean, is that why they're doing it? Or is there, do you think there's any kind of, you know, realization within the even these political leaders like look I can't I can't keep these, this country locked down because people are going to die like this is a place where people are living hand over fist day to day so I have a few different theories about this the theory that would be like the least popular is still one that I think is worth looking at and the theory you know it's not popular to say this but unfortunately you can't apologize for this stuff it's, it's something it's just a reality that you have to acknowledge having starving citizens is a really great way to get foreign aid that's it's just one of the best ways you could possibly get foreign aid and it's well known that a lot of these foreign governments are known to pocket the money that comes in through foreign aid in fact when i was in malawi in 2013 that was a major scandal it was called cashgate and billions of kwacha the local currency was being pocketed by officials that was supposed to go to healthcare costs and food programs so this is a well-known phenomenon again it's not popular to say this you could say it's like not politically correct but you can't apologize for this stuff it's a reality that needs to be acknowledged so that's one possibility Another kind of more lenient possibility is that, um, you know, it's generally it's a really good thing when a developing country copies a developed country. So, you know, in America, we have highways, we have grocery stores, we have stoplights, we have a lot of these different things that are that create a really great society to live in. When you're living in Malawi or Liberia or Sierra Leone, you need it's you want to look at what the developed countries are doing and you want to say, hey, we don't have stoplights, maybe we should add that. We don't have highways or we don't have enough highways, let's add that. And generally, it's a really good thing and it really produces a lot of development in your country. This is a situation where copying is obviously counterproductive. So they might be seeing, oh, the U.S. is locking down their citizens. We are going to copy them like we do in a lot of situations and it's, you know, it's not going well. But by, by now, they should know it. But now they really should know it. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm losing patience with with it. I, I've, I think I first spoke up about this about a month ago, and I've been talking about this every single day for a month. And I went on a hunger strike. I've done a whole bunch of stuff to try and raise awareness. And yeah, I'm just I'm starting to lose patience. And the the people who are on lockdown clearly don't want to be on lockdown. Um, a lot of these countries they don't have free, freedom of speech, so it's like they can't even speak up. They can't say anything negative about the government. That, that's the case in Uganda, for example. Right. Just another thing that we uh, we tend to take for granted here, the fact that we can come on a podcast and complain about what our government is doing and uh, not necessarily face you know, direct repercussions like that. Uh, I want to dive into a couple of the projects that we've helped you guys fund and close out here recently uh, to kind of help highlight the kind of stuff that uh, has been going on. Again, we're contributing 10% of all of our earnings on Patreon uh, every single month are going to fund these projects. So uh, why don't you tee us up here, Greg? I think uh, we don't know which one you want to start with. We can start with the, uh, let's see, the orphanage that was on lockdown. Yeah. So I think that's 
that's a good one to start with. Yeah, the, the there was a there were several orphans. Um, they're not part of an orphanage. It's it's actually just a child-headed household. So uh-huh. they live in the village, and they have uh, maybe some grandparents who live nearby and some other family members. But it's a child-headed household. And whenever you have a situation like this, whenever there's there's a global event that you know affects the affects even Americans, it's, it's like 10 times, 100 times worse for the poorest members of our planet. And then you go to a place like Malawi, which is where this project is. And Malawi is ranked in the top, the, the bottom five poorest countries on the planet. So you take like the poor, one of the poorest countries on the planet, and then you take a child-headed household, one of the poorest people in the poorest country on the planet. I mean, these people are at the, are at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. They are the most vulnerable in a situation like this. And um, so one of the things that you did was you provided uh, bathing soap, washing soap, maize, sugar, relish, sanitary products, and other items for uh, a fam- for a, a child-headed household in Malawi. Again, this is um, potentially a, a life or death uh, situation that you were able to step in at a very vulnerable time. So, um, yeah, very appreciative of that project. And then the other project. Uh, again, okay, this is another great example. Um, there are a lot of situations where um, people don't, this is hard to imagine, but about 600 to 700 million people on our planet don't have access to clean water. So what one of the cool things that's been happening over the last several decades is people have been putting water wells all over the planet in places where they don't have, you know, they, they can't just go to a faucet and turn it on. They're, right. they're maybe getting it from a stream or from a pond and that's where they drink their water. But if you go, if you use a water well, you can dig down deep enough that you can actually get clean water and you and I could drink that and it would be fine. Yeah. One of the things that people don't realize is that these wells often break down. So you might have the good intention of spending $9,000 in building a well, but then after three years, it breaks down and there's no mechanism to fix that well. So this is a situation where a well broke down. The repair cost was about 150 bucks. And uh, thanks to Lions of Liberty, you covered the entire thing. And now there are people who didn't have clean water about a month ago, and now they have clean water. And there's a before and after video. So you can see the well going from not working at all to working again. Yeah, and that's huge. And I'll, I'll post links to both of these uh, <clears throat> in the show notes over at lionsofliberty.com. But uh, yeah, that's that's just the, ma- the amazing thing about DonorSea, especially with that project for the well that uh, I was able to come in, I think, right after it was posted. So nobody had contributed yet. And it was pretty much just matched right up with the amount that we were going to put into your project. So I said, this is an amazing opportunity that we can fully fund this project. And uh, the amazing thing about DonorSea is you get to really, truly see the actual results of your efforts, of your money. Uh, and you get to see those results from the people that you're helping. I mean, I mean, we actually got a video thanking Lions of Liberty uh, from the people that this are actually able to get the water from this well. So it's not like these giant, uh, you know, massive charities that I'm sure do a lot of work, but you send the money somewhere. It goes who knows where. A lot of it goes into buildings and uh, maybe artwork or whatever. And not so much of it always gets down to the people. But in these, in this case, you can actually see where your dollars go. Uh, you can see, literally see the human beings that are affected by it, which is just something, another thing that makes Donorsea such an amazing platform. Yeah, well, thanks again for being a part of that. And it's great to see the Lions of Liberty community come together every month uh, to fund, fund our project. So appreciate it so much. Sure thing, Gretchen. I think uh, before I let you go, you have something else to promote. I think you have a little conference coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so we've been doing some mini conferences in various different countries. We did one in Malawi and one in Tanzania, and they've been going so well. So these are completely online virtual conferences. So people come and they do uh, and and they 
just use their webcam and we have speakers and we have panelists and we have rooms and we have a networking section and it's really fun. So we've done one in Malawi. We've done one in Tanzania. They've both gone so well. Um, and at both, we had about 30 people in, in each respective country. Now we're doing a global conference. So we're expecting at least a hundred. Um, we're thinking it's going to be a lot more than that. We have already 60 tickets are gone. Um, and there's the first 200 tickets are free. So if your listeners get to this in time, we'll put, we can put a link in the description and, um, the, the tickets, the first 200 tickets are free. It's going to be super fun. We're going to have, it's just, if you care at all about like what's going on in the world and you want to hang out with other people who also care about that and you want to be around like-minded people and also be inspired by people who are doing amazing things, this is going to be an awesome opportunity for that. Um, we have a bunch of, I, I don't want to give away too much, but we have a lot of really cool speakers who are going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'll be hosting some of the panels. We'll have rooms on things like creativity, storytelling, a donor hangout room. We'll just have a bunch of fun stuff. And so um, hopefully your audience can come and be a part of that because it's going to be super fun. Awesome. Be sure to check that out. Uh, like I said, I will link to that in uh, today's show notes. Uh, Gret, thank you so much for coming back on and providing us an update. Uh, before I let you go, of course, I'll give you one more chance just to plug everything you can plug uh, in terms of where people can go to find uh, these specific projects as well as just the DonorC platform overall. Yeah, well, everyone needs to go to donorsy.com and click sign up and make an account. And that way you're in our ecosystem and you're getting my newsletter every week and you're able to see our projects on a regular basis. Um, and then also I've been posting a lot on Instagram about the lockdowns. That's probably, if I had to direct everyone to one place so that they could get educated, go to Instagram.com slash And that's a place where you can learn all about how these lockdowns are affecting people. Now, I... There's no way to overstate how urgent this the lockdown situation is. Um, I've predicted that uh, lockdowns in poor countries will kill at least a million people. And, you know, COVID-19 is a terrible disease. It mostly takes the lives of older people. Lockdowns, uh, UNICEF is predict predicting 1.2 million children will die just from the indiscriminate lockdowns. And on top of that, uh, the UN is predicting another 50 million people will be plunged below the poverty line because of because of these lockdowns. So highly encourage people to check out uh, Instagram.com slash Liar. I'm posting about lockdowns every single day. It's, it's like the biggest story. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it the hunger holocaust. I don't know how else to overstate how else to express the the level of of death that we're about to face because of these lockdowns and so i'm, I'm telling everyone check out instagram.com slash correct liar and um educate yourself and tell your friends about it this is something that is like the biggest story that very few people are talking about well Gret, thank you so much for doing your part to not only help people but to spread the word about you know what you're calling this hunger holocaust the fact that so many so and probably unfathomable numbers of people are currently dying, not not hypothetically, are currently dying and are going to continue to die if we don't get this thing turned around uh, as soon as possible. So thanks again for all the great work you're doing, Gret. Keep up the great work. Keep on roaring. Thank you. Thank you.